Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, welcome to the After Buzz After Show for Legends of Tomorrow. We're talking uh, Season 1, Episode 11, The Magnificent Eight. We're going to the Wild West, people. We're going to shoot some hombres. Tune in. Destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yeah, feel it. Feel it. Jim West. Esperado. Okay, all right. Welcome to the After Buzz After Show for, uh, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 11. Oh, man. We had some fun with this one. Let's uh, start off with impressions of uh, of what you thought of this episode. Yeah. My oh, how about how about we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Have we met? Okay, guys. Frank's not here. I'm trying to take the helm. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to take the helm. Okay, I'm Dave Child. Everyone, you can find me at Mr. Dave Child on Twitter. Let's go to Lex over here. Who are you, Lex? <laughs> me. Who am I? I am Lex Michael. All over social media at the Lex Michael, and I'm excited to shoot some hombres. Was it? Yeah, shoot some hombres. Okay. Okay. Sure. We're That's do that. a thing they say in the West. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah, and as being actually from the West, but not the wild, wild West, I am Lucretia Lyon, and again, it's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, and that's me all over the internet, and Great. we have some nice comments about this episode, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is actually, we really like this episode. I got the feeling. We're going to find out if we actually did, but watching it all together, I feel like we're all smiling and enjoying the show, so... What do we think? What do we think? Is this a good one? Was this a fun one? So I think this may be my favorite episode of the series right. so far. I am predisposed to it maybe because I'm a fan of westerns. Like one of my favorite filmmakers of all time is Sergio Leone. Yeah. One of my mm. favorite TV shows of all time is Deadwood. The mm, yes. aesthetic of this episode really spoke to me. Um, I like to, I mean, I like the the fact that the references are frequent. I like that the title itself is a reference to uh, The Magnificent Seven, the John right. Sturgis yep, yep. Western, which was... Uh, oh, I thought it was a Ridiculous Six. I thought it was <laughs> a reference to that. It was. It's a reference to the Adam mm. Sandler Netflix comedy. Yeah, comedy that just mm. came out this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah that so. was so bad, I even turned it off. Ooh. And I like crappy movies, man. But yeah, so it was a, a reference to the John Sturgis movie, which yep. was a Western remake of Kurosawa's Magnificent Seven. Not Magnificent... Yep. Nope, that is The Magnificent Seven of Seven, Seven Samurai. Right, thank you. Boom. I liked that, and I liked all the 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 aesthetic. I liked the presence of Jonah Hex. I thought it was right. a lot of fun, uh, and it was cool to see these characters play in that environment. I also thought the storytelling was some of the tightest that we've seen in an episode all season. Okay, I agree. Yeah. I agree <laughs> totally. all around. What do you think, Lucretia? 
Yeah, I agree. This is probably my favorite episode. And, you know, I was live tweeting the whole thing. And Jonathan Sheck, who played Jonah Hex, also was, as well as William Shatner. So there was this fun stuff oh, really? going on. So I got a few likes. William Shatner was, text, was uh, live, live tweeting this? So he enjoyed this as well. And right. Yeah, because it was a fun episode. I right. Well, I love Westerns as well. I mean, but I'm more of a Clint Eastwood sort of Western uh, John Wayne, which I was really disappointed he didn't call himself Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> right. Well, but, it can't be perfect. Yeah, it can't be perfect. Yeah, I, I thought this was really fun. Let's start off with what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the whole gang are running from hunters of the, the Time Masters. So they decide to go to a fragment, which is a, a place in the time stream that seems to have a little bit of blind spot, which happens to be Salvation something. Where is it Salvation? Well, Salvation is a reference to Jonah Hex, and there are a few references throughout right. the course of this episode to Jonah Hex stories, and Salvation is the name of a town. Was, I think the story was 2006, but that's a yeah. Jonah Hex reference. Yeah, and they uh, in 1871, so they're hiding out there in the Old West town, and they decide to go explore because oh. they don't want to just hang out in the uh, in the old Wave Rider. I, I want to jump in real quick because one of my favorite, mm. one of my two favorite things in this episode happens really, really early, yeah. and it's when they arrive in in the Old West, and they're all experiencing the side effects of time travel. We keep encountering new <laughs> side effects yes, of time travel. Right. And what, in this case, their speech has been jumbled. I really deeply enjoyed uh, uh, Snart's fine feline. Like, fine really, feline. really enjoyed that. Still put in the little feline. Nah. Yeah, nah. still went Earth Miller doing a slightly uh, Eartha more, Kit. more yeah. toned Eartha Kid. Yeah. Eartha Kid impression, which I still think he's doing. So anyways, they get out of the Wave Rider, they decide mm-hmm. to explore the town, and of course they go into a saloon, and what happens in the saloon but a saloon fight. And there's a rumble, There's uh, and that's when the three kind of storylines start to happen. One is, let's start with Kendra, because I think that's the quickest one to kind of get through. Kendra bumps into uh, an older woman, and she has a little flash, and then the older woman seems to disappear. Which I thought maybe she wasn't real when that <laughs> happened. So she decides to go on a quest to try and find Carter. And I actually thought maybe she was going to find Carter because I've been waiting for Carter to pop up again in the time stream. Well, and this is something, mm-hmm. too, that Frank has been speculating about all season is that if we go to the Old West, as we knew we were going to, could they potentially run into a version of Carter that is also Nighthawk? Right. And we actually start to get into some of that here, where I don't know if you want to jump ahead on this. Go this ahead. Story. I mean, we're talking so, about we're talking about the Kendra story. Yeah. So right we now, so, so we find out that this woman that Kendra sees is actually an older version of her, which is great. I want to say that's th- this episode I love because they're having fun, but they're also playing with stuff you want to see in time travel shows. You want to see someone in the old west. You want to see someone meet an older version of themselves. But in this case. I thought it was great because she was a younger version of Kendra and also an older version. Yes. Because it was from a previous life, because Kendra has all those previous lives, but she's an older woman and is wiser because of that. Yes. So so we find out that this version of Kendra was in love with a version of Carter, but her Carter is a man named Hannibal, Hannibal Hawks, Hawks, who, as that. we know in the comics, is also Nighthawk. Yeah. Yep. By implication, this version of Kendra may in fact be Cinnamon. This right. is something that Frank has been looking forward to all season, <laughs> and he's not here to talk Sorry, about it. Sorry, Frank. Which is a shame. Also, I want to jump back super, super quick because somebody... 
Mystic Lightning in the chat pointed out something else I absolutely loved right. about this episode early on, and it's when the saloon fight breaks out, the piano player keeps playing throughout yes. the fight. Scores the right. saloon fight with saloon piano music, which is I'm fantastic. I'm pretty sure much like Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like saloon piano players are trained to do that. Like they have to, they go to piano school and just people shoot and holler around them and throw whiskey around them, and they just have to keep forward, like well, breaking a horse. My thought process is, if you're in a saloon, you know, you're there to drink, right? Or you're there to right. play cards and drink, or you're there to watch people and drink. So if the piano is still playing, even if a fight is breaking out, you're probably, if you're not directly involved in the fight, going, I'm just going to keep drinking. If the piano stops, that's when you know, all right, I should probably find another saloon. So as long as the piano player keeps going, the bar keeps earning revenue, I think is my theory. Yeah. All right, so to continue with Kendra's story, she has a heart-to-heart with her older self, and she learns that she has loved many men in the past, in her many lives, and yet they never seem to last unless they were Carter. Um, Now, this hits upon something that is always kind of a thorn in our side when we're talking about the show, which is the Ray-Kendra relationship. I actually thought this was the first time I liked the concept of her being in a relationship to begin with, because it showed that she can't have other men in her life. She's talking with an amazing actress who she did a great job as older Kendra. And I really get the sense of like uh, she it is troublesome that she has to when you're destined to be with someone, you can never fully love someone else, even though you are in love with them. Sure. Uh, I'll be honest, the Ray Kendra relationship is still not working for me a ton. So even when during the scene, it, it, I just pretended it wasn't Ray they were talking about. Well, so I love, I was like, yeah, I love all of the business between Kendra all and that business. I'm going to call yeah. her Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. I am going to call her Cinnamon. <laughs> I cinnamon. love all of this stuff. I, I think it might be a good move, by the way, to have her not say, and they called me Cinnamon. Because yeah. it just sounds like an old stripper name. That's just yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, but I liked all of of that, but then you get back to the ship at the very end, and you have that—it's a brief scene, but you have that scene between right. Ray and Kendra, and I'm back to not really feeling it still. And I, the only issue I yeah. had with the material in the in the conversation about how you know every love that we have had, we, I, you will have that Us. isn't Carter, yeah. is going to end terribly. It's like okay, yeah, it's like we're already. Oh, I yeah. my, my microphone's running away. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we still follow your thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's your microphone's running it. away like her lovers are running, are running away. away. Yeah. Very good. That's Segway. that's why you call that's, Dave Child. That's why I'm here. So it just to me is tipping it a little bit more heavily. It's so on the nose. Right. You know what I mean? That it slight, not a full I, eye roll, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, they didn't put a lot of effort into building up the character and the relationship backbone of the whole thing. So it makes it a little tough to kind of sink your teeth into that relationship. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just came out of left field, like a lot of stuff on Legends. But, you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't serve either character. And I love how this is like the second time that it's just been thrown at Kendra. Hey, this isn't a good idea. Are you stupid? It's sort of like they're like beating her on the head like... This isn't going to work out. And she just keeps running in. I mean, I want someone to come in and be like, you know, you and Ray are destined together. She'd break up with him in a heartbeat because we're done with this. I mean, I actually thought, oh, yeah, they're going to break up just like the last episode. And it's like, nope. Right. Just pull the rug out from under us. What are they, Lucy with the football? 
Yeah, they keep doing it. Yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, that's about the end of that B story. So let's go to the C story, which is <laughs> which was the C story. The C story, I think, is Doc uh, running into uh, a, a woman who's a British woman and has a little bit of a Doc Brown moment mm-hmm. with him. I I, could, I like that. There's a shot of Jacks. This is before the brawl. It takes on, but there's a shot of Jacks being like, "Oh, you like her," because they have that psychic connection, mm-hmm. which is a nice way of having. This Doc Brown moment where he falls in love with a, a sophisticated woman in the West, but not t- totally going through with it. And her problem is she has a sick kid with tuberculosis yes. and needs to be cured. He has access to all of the drugs that could possibly cure the kid, but they're all locked up in the time machine. Right. So he gets the drugs, and he saves this kid, and the kid turns out to be H.G. Wells. <laughs> H.G. Wells. It, the thing with this reveal is, I forget, Hubert, what is H.G. Wells' real name? It's Hubert something. Uh, somebody in the live chat, help us out. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, when they introduce, uh, when he says his name is Wells, and his initials are H and G, then he, uh, the doc says like, oh, you're H.G. Wells. And he goes, oh, you know what? I H. like G. the I ring of that. Yeah. And they <laughs> this is what they did with Bill Gates back in a previous one, and it was... I, I now I hope they keep doing it. Now I hope there's about five other just names that they just like throw out there, and every single time they're like, you know, uh, Will Smith. I like that. <laughs> I always went with William before, and I won't be yeah. British anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm won't be, be British anymore. Prince. I won't be British. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think that moment worked stupendously for any right. of us. It's just it's way too. Precious, like uh-huh. way too precious, and it feels so out of step with everything that had happened tonally in the episode up to that point. Yeah, I was not. I was with the idea of Martin having this dilemma of caring for this woman and yeah, this child. Yeah, I like that. And knowing, I mean, and look, there's the argument that by interfering at all, especially with you know even the most basic form of the medicine that he wanted to bring them, still yeah. wouldn't exist for what seventy years, yeah. I believe they said. Yeah. So I, I, he's got the ability, he's got the inclination, and you know it's not like potentially devastating the timelines ever really stopped anybody from doing anything on this show before. Yeah, that's they, the whole plot. I, and they I seem was, to kind of Godzilla yeah. their way through the time stream. So. so I was with it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it it enabled us to see some layers of Martin Stein mm-hmm. and gave Victor Garber some stuff to play that we haven't seen in quite some time. I really liked all of that. And then the cap on this plot is this really overly cutesy, like, so sugary it's, like, dripping syrup It's moment. not that bad. It's I don't not, know, you're, man. You're becoming venomous with it. It's just kind of like, and another cute moment. It's something that I feel like they do have to throw out there. I don't mind it. If this was the only time, if there wasn't the Bill Gates in the previous episode, it I, think, been good. I yeah. think I would have been like, oh, well, that's cute. Alright, moving on. But because this is the second time they've done it, I'm like, okay, now they have to just keep doing it. Right. So I don't think it's that vicious where they're just like, they're ruining it. No, I don't think it ruined it. I just think it when was you're such dripping a. Sugar. It's dripping It is. It's such a saccharine, like. Sacri- it's such like a saccharine, sticky, sweet, cutesy moment. Right, right. And it just feels very out of step to me. Oh, yeah. I like Kartik uh, uh, Seref. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name's suggestion. Like, if they met Little Wayne and got him addicted to pouring champagnes on their phones. Yeah. Like, yeah. that That seems like something they could do. Or they could be yeah. like, you know what, Wayne? Uh, You're little. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, little? Uh, 
I like the sound of that. <laughs> I always thought it would be Big Wayne. Big Wayne. All right, let's dive our uh, teeth into I don't know why I keep saying diving teeth. I think I'm mm. hungry. Uh, <laughs> let's move to the A story, which is what starts the brawl is uh, a poker match between uh, the doc and um, a man bun in the Old West. And the man bun uh, stands up and he ends up pulling a gun first and Snart shoots him. Yes. He, uh, he shot first. He shot first. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you could say he shot second because the, the gun came his out. Gun out, and then he, so, so by old west laws, mm-hmm. he should have been in the clear. But because the saloon was uh, seemed to be filled with the Stillwater gang, which is a part of what who Man Bun was a part of, mm-hmm. and then they end up a uh, big brawl happens and a big conflict with the Stillwater gang, which is the gang that's like troubling the entire uh, town of Salvation. And I yes. totally thought that yoga douches invented the man bun, but as we no, see here, West. it started in the Old West. Although, yeah. in yeah. fairness, Jonah Hex mentions that it's not the first time he's encountered time mm-hmm. travelers, oh, so no. it's entirely possible that you the man what? bun found its way uh, in the Old West I bet you anything to... it was Rip Hunter. Yep. I bet he showed up with a man bun and then started the trend. We can blame him for so much. Speaking of which, I think we there's a lot of attention paid, especially in the back half of the episode, to some of these these relationships, these romantic relationships, right. whether it's Martin with his new sophisticated Old West lady love, or it's Ray and Kendra. But my favorite relationship in this episode, yeah. far and away, is the bromance between Rip Hunter and Jonah Hex. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of nice. I did not. Nice. I did not expect that at all. I did not expect to be so thoroughly charmed by it. Right, and they did actually. This was one of the first times in the in the series where they've planted a seed in the past, and we've seen it grown, and it actually you know pays off. Where Rip does wear a lot of Western gear, he does have <laughs> yeah. like a six shooter uh, ray gun, and he has a kid named Jonas. So all of this. Makes sense. When you find out he used to be in love with Jonah Hex, uh, <laughs> it all kind of comes together. And that's that's great. Yeah, this was the first episode where I actually really liked Rip. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, kind of, they kind of made you warm up to Rip because you saw more of his past. I think they built his character around more than just the fact that his like uh, that his family had died in the past and he was like always on revenge because I think in the end sometimes revenge tends to be a sad kind of motivation because you know it's either going to end tragically or it, or disappointingly right so having something from the past that is stronger than just a sense of revenge a sense of like I failed a town in the past which is what happened in this episode it's and is revealed through like the relationship with Jonah Hex is great. It's I I, I love their their friendship here. Um, so Jonah Hex brings uh, is reveals from the back, and then they decide to go after the Stillwater gang. Uh, and uh, there's the big fight sequence. Now, what do you think of the action of this episode? Because I love it. I love it too, and again, we build to as we've been building fairly successfully episode to episode. Even yeah. the even the installments that I think maybe I'm not as wild about, we always tend to cap with these wonderfully fun, big, bombastic sequences of all the team members using their powers in conjunction right. with one another. And this, we, we got it again in this episode, and I love too because we had built this story so well over the course of the preceding, you know. 37 minutes or so it to me was so much more rich and rewarding and I actually feel too like you know we're talking about how you know Lucretia you said this is the first episode where you really felt like you liked 
Rip, for mm. example. Yeah. And I love, too, that we're still peeling back layers of these characters, and, you know, we're talking about how he, we ex- we get the explanation that he, his whole aesthetic, the gun, the duster. Yeah, and actually because, the duster was a gift from Jonah Hex, too. Right. So, we, which and, is yeah. even cuter. Yes. And, you know, when the series when the series starts, it's it, there's a bit of, well, why is this futuristic time traveler dressed like yeah. an Old West cowboy? Uh-huh. And it's one of those things where it's like, if I can accept the Atom and Firestorm exist, uh, sure, I'll buy that. But A, I like that, okay, we actually get uh, an explanation for some of these aesthetic choices that tracks with his character. But more than that, I really like when they're talking about how he experienced something similar to what Ray experienced in the 50s, where he basically went native. He went native because he became, in effect, addicted to this this rush of being a hero hero and chasing heroism. And that, to me, is maybe the most relatable piece of information about Rip Hunter that we've gotten. Because look, it's like you can try and humanize him by hitting the nail on the head over and over again of, you know, he lost his wife and his son. And yes, that's very tragic. But I personally don't have a wife or a child. That's not something I can relate to Directly, but I think that you know of that I know. Yeah, that, right. You I could have no, a wife you don't know of. I have out no, there somewhere. I have, and I have no legitimate offspring. Mm-hmm. For the record, um, so if you're out there, please tweet <laughs> please, at us. Please yeah. don't, uh, don't, don't. Please tweet. I don't want to see it. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, uh, uh, what am I talking about? <laughs> you got me concerned sorry, about my I'm like sorry. potential. You're talking about legitimate oh, child. the addiction yeah. of being a hero. Right. Yeah. So I think. And maybe I'm alone here, but I think that's something that we can all relate to. I think it's why a lot of us gravitate towards stories like this in the first place, is that we all, I think, aspire to a little bit of heroism ourselves. Yeah, and And you also see a bit of that with Ray in this episode, too, where he goes out, he wants to help people, he wants to... Like become the sheriff, he wants to. He well, he doesn't want to become the sheriff, but he ends up becoming the sheriff and accepting it kind of gladly. Yeah, and, and th- that's yeah. what I love about Ray is like yeah. Ray, even when he was on Arrow, is the, a true hero. He desperately wants to do the right thing all yeah. the time. But yeah, and that's where I see missing in Rip is Rip is really kind of selfish in his um, vendetta against Vandal Savage, bringing them in because it's all about his wife and child, which is great, but it's not about the greater good. And then he. He's always yeah. judging everybody else, but at least in this episode, I didn't see that because that's always how I felt about Rip. I was like, "You just kind of drag these people in for your own selfish purposes." But when they want to do stuff, you're like, "No, that'll mess up the timeline." What the hell are you doing? <laughs> right. It's also nice <laughs> yeah. that we see that Rip used to be yeah. just like Ray, and yeah. that's kind of why he's always warning against right. that. Yeah, because Ray is so likable in the fact that he wants to be a hero all the time. I said, right. you know, we should have named the episode "An American Tale." Palmer goes with. <laughs> yeah. With those little hmm. sheriff badge. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to add that they talk about um, the damage the Stillwater Gang could have on the Town of Salvation because it's a lot like what a guy named Turnbill Quentin, did. Quentin Turnbull, which Quentin is another Turnbull. reference to Jonah Hex. Quentin Jonah Turnbull, uh, noted adversary of Jonah Hex. In fact, kind in of the, the arch nemesis. In the right? Jonah Hex movie, the infamous Jonah Hex movie from Ooh, 2010, that's Josh even Brolin. That, no. that mm. is the character played by John Malkovich. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, so it's kind of the arch nemesis of Jonah Hex, so it was a nice little shout-out during that. So um, they have a little tussle, and uh, Jax gets kidnapped, and then they have to decide how they're going to kind of clear the air, and so they go back to Old West Law. Yeah. Now, before we even go any further, and I didn't mind it because I thought it worked very, very well in the greater context of this episode, but we are seeing a lot of scenarios uh, so far this season 
wherein one or more of the team is kidnapped and right. they have to do a prisoner exchange that inevitably goes ridiculously awry. Yeah, I mean, the problem is when the when the whole series is built around people kind of traveling around in a ship and they could jump in the ship and leave at any moment if things get really hot, yep. you usually have to make it so there's a reason they can't leave yep, right away. Yep, yep. So the easiest way to do that is to have someone get kidnapped, and at least it's someone different every time for the most part. But I'm going, how do we not have a solid plan we can stick to right. now every, every time this happens? I'm just glad it's not like Sarah or Kendra every time. You know, right. they, yes. kind of, yeah. they tend to, it was Ray in the past, uh, it was... And now it's Jax. I think this is the first time Jax has been kidnapped. So that was kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Sarah, though, it's like we really wouldn't believe it because she's right. kind of a bigger badass than the rest of the characters. Yeah, she could kind of fight no. her way out. Yeah, of it. it's like meh. Yeah, but I do like how they when you set it in the old west, you have to have a high noon shootout at some point. Yes. And I think I believe I called this in the uh, in the previous episode. Except I thought they were going to have heat guns and cold guns at the time. But I like that there is a high noon shootout and a picture being taken during the high noon shootout, by the Mm -hmm. way. Which I thought was like, who let that guy do this? Because that's very distracting. And also, like, no deniability there at that point. Although I feel like there's no law in a lot of these towns in the Old West or in Old West stories. Yeah. So I feel like no one's really all that concerned about deniability. Right. So uh, they do finally convince... Uh, Rip to get out of the spaceship, out of the Wave Rider spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Wave Rider. And, uh, well, because at first Ray's going to be the shooter, but, you know, he's not a very good shot. Uh I don't think. I doubt he's a good shot. He's probably good with, like... He was great with an air rifle once upon a time, apparently. Yeah, when he but, shrinks down, he clearly went through that dude's heart, and that was cool. By the way, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Let's hold off on that, because that, that was a surprise yeah. that I don't think they paid a lot of attention no. to. But <laughs> hold off on that. We're not quite there yet. But uh, when the shootout happens, it's Rip that finally gets off of the off of the ship, and he has to face his uh, Old West addiction, because he's afraid of getting <laughs> off that ship, because he's like, then I'll never leave, because mm-hmm. I always want to be a hero. And the hat looks really good mm-hmm. on me. <laughs> and I think the coat would look better if he didn't always have the collar popped. <laughs> it's like, Rip, no. you're so cool in this episode. Why not just get the collar down? <laughs> get the collar down, bro. But there's a shootout uh, where they fight the head of the Stillwater gang, and if depending on who will win, there's an understanding that the other one will walk away. So there's a shootout, and Rip wins, but but as Stillwater walks away, some worse people show up, which are the hunters from the Time Masters who have been looking for them this whole time. And so this is a lot of fun, too, because up until this point, from the time that they get off the Wave Rider in their artificial clothing, yeah. it's very... Old West aesthetic, fairly Old West rules. They, there's some trips yeah. on and off the Wave Rider, but you tend not to see the future tech in the Old West environment. Which, it makes mm-hmm. sense in this case. Like, it really does make sense. Like, yes. in previous episodes, they've had it so, oh, we can't turn into Firestorm because we might blow up the ship, or, mm-hmm. oh, we can't do this because of, uh, it's the budget. It's the budget constraints. Right. But, you know, it, this time it actually made sense why they had to hide their future tech and hide yes. their powers. And then all of a sudden the hunters show up and you get the two worlds crashing into each other yeah. in a really fun way. Yeah, and it feels like they have to, because the hunters already uh, have their future tech, it's like, okay, well, 
screw this now. We get to we get to have all of our future fun. So <laughs> uh, Jonah gets a laser rifle. I believe a green one. He gets oh, the, yeah. the revolver, yeah. Yeah, he gets a green revolver uh, compared to Rip's blue one. And Ray gets his suit back, so he turns into suit. And now during this scene, a couple things happen. It's great that we get to see a lot of people fighting. It's uh, probably our favorite moments mm. in the show is when people actually flex their superpowers and are actually able to fight. And they back seem and to forth. really be having fun being heroes. Like I love like Jax just joyfully yelling stuff at people after yeah. he firestorms <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Jax was like really excited because he's like, I never get to be Firestorm anymore. Yeah, yeah. He gets really <laughs> yes. Yeah, he needs to be Firestorm more. Yeah. But uh and and but one of the things that happened and you yeah. mentioned it before is Ray turns really small and we're pretty sure flies through a dude. Oh, yeah, like a bullet. Yeah. Like, like a clear. bullet. Now, I mentioned there were a couple of favorite moments of mine in this episode. This is the other one. This moment of Ray shooting through someone like a bullet, pr- presumably killing them dead. Yeah. Because it is so insane. Yeah. And there is so, on the one hand, it's super metal. And on the other hand... It is super metal, but mm-hmm. like... On the other hand, Ray, like, plucky hero Boy Scout Ray, he just killed a guy. He, yeah. He I, didn't, he didn't seemed, have to kill that guy. It seemed a little out of character for Ray. And the reason, I mean, I guess we could... Maybe he just shot through him, like, the shoulder or something, and he passed out. Let's let Ray kill a guy once. I'm just saying. I it feel looked like, like... It looked like Ray went through his torso, yeah. and we also the guy heard. dropped, and I don't right. think we see this person yeah. again. And we also hear the sound effects of like... Yeah, which like he went through his like, heart. Yeah, that's a, that's a heart-bursting yeah. moment. And <laughs> yeah, so it's... And then um, during this time, also, Rory is kicking butt. And we haven't really talked about where Rory is in the team, about how he's really back in good graces. It seems like very quickly he's yeah. just one of the gang again, right. but slightly smarter than he used to be. Yeah. yeah, I like that now he's on par with uh, Leonard, and I love the scenes with him and Sarah. I mean, yeah. it, it, just like her with Leonard, it's like, we need more of them. You know, if they were to even have the threesome. They're a good trio. Yeah. They're yeah. a really good trio because they're all, they have that foot in the badass. Yeah. And a foot in the good. So they're able to kind of be <laughs> badass and killers around each other and drink. And I also like that I believe Rory has no part of the of the barroom brawl. Because, because Sarah, Sarah drank, drank him, under. him under, the yeah. under the table. Which was a nice little like hit. But at the same time, he recovers pretty fast. Because when he comes out of the wave rider, like, what I miss? <laughs> it was pretty fast. Yeah, uh, I love what Donovan Walker has to say regarding Ray killing that dude. He's like, Ray is no longer taking anyone's shit. He went through Arrow season three. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, I do. I do wish there was a little bit of a song between uh, between Jonah Hex and and uh, Ray. A I song? Think, yeah. Yeah. Just a little like duo. Little. Would uh, mm. uh, I like? I like gravelly voices. Or to do like up. since since it's a western heavy episode, do like uh, Ricky Nelson and Rio Bravo, where out of sure. nowhere, oh. Ray Palmer's just got a six string and he starts crooning. Yeah. The movie, the, like the episode Mark, just. Oh, I was going to say, like, Mark Colley in the Punisher movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like the episode just stops yeah. cold yeah. for a song for a minute, just a duet between yeah. Ray Palmer Punisher and Jonah Hex. Yes, in the one with Tom Jane. It is, like, the greatest moment of the film. Mark Colley just walks in and just starts singing in time that was made for the soundtrack, and then, like, as soon as he's done, puts his guitar away, and then just tries to murder right. Frank Castle. I was just thinking of uh, the last Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. The, uh... 
Uh, I'm forgetting uh, it. But Hail Caesar? The, Hail Caesar. Yeah. When they're just, they show that little western and there's one guy that's like, oh, that lazy old moon. Yes, exactly and like that. he starts that. to sing a lazy old yeah. moon song. That's what this episode needed. That's they, the only negative thing. They could have rapped too because the duel, Hamilton anyone, that is like the most popular right. thing right now. I mean, it's beating the Kardashian. Hamilton. Maybe that, that'll they'll travel back in time and, and deal with uh, rapping Hamilton in the next one. Because that totally happened. Introduce rap to Alexander Hamilton. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I like this music. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow writers, you're welcome. There's also a little bit of trivia that uh, is hidden in this episode, and I looked it up on DCComics.com <laughs> because I'm not Frank, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know these things uh, instinctively. Right, what do you got? But one of the the, the signs around the uh, town, they're all like kind of references to. One of them says the most obvious one is Kubert's or Kubert's uh, barber shop, which is a reference to Joe Kubert. Yes, who, who helped basically shape the character of Jonah Hex in some yeah. of his earlier appearances, and also was one of the creators of the Silver Age uh, kind of Hawkman. Yes, also, so mm-hmm. it's like a reference to him. And there's also Clemmer and Sons, which is based off of executive producer Phil Clemmer, so yes, of the show itself. And M. Sasson Wagon Repair, and Mike Sasson is apparently the transportation uh, coordinator of Legends of Tomorrow. So oh. that was a nice little reference to. People who worked in the crew. Nice. Transport so, guy. Yeah. Well, so get that, Frank. You didn't know transportation guy <laughs> from Legends of Tomorrow. He comes in next week with the transportation guy uh, from Legends no. of Tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, anything else we're missing here, guys? Anything else you want? Any predictions? Let's talk about predictions. We're going to predictions already? <laughs> predictions. Might as well. And now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> Ooh, what do we got? What do you guys think? What's coming up next down the down the pike? We got Pilgrim. We mm-hmm. got Pilgrim coming. That's something we haven't mentioned. Is that now the Time Masters, they keep sending dudes, and they're not doing well. What they haven't tried is sending a lady. Yeah, sending like Arrow did with Vixen. Are we going to have a lame line about, oh, don't ever send a woman to... <laughs> don't ever send a man to do a woman. Mm. I don't think so. I think the storyline yeah. coming up will be good. Looks great. I think this is, they're being real smart. I think they might be breaking the pattern of, maybe Vandal Savage will appear in this episode, but it doesn't seem like a they're going after Vandal Savage heavy episode. This is another dealing with the Time Masters. I don't remember seeing him at all in the promo. Yeah, it wasn't in the preview. Nothing in the promo. Usually they hint at him a little bit. And this is another uh, sense of they get to have fun with with the actual sense of time travel. They get to go and face their younger selves. And this last one, we get to see Kendra facing an older version of herself that's also kind of a younger version. And now they have to save their younger selves. So it looks great to me. Yeah, I'm really hoping that, especially after this episode and the way that the next one looks, it looks like it's turning up. I mean, they're finally kind of fixing some things. I mean, I get it's on the CW. That's why they have to have the relationship crap like Kendra and Palmer. Right. But it's just like, end it. It's not, it's not just, that they guys, have just to. Stop. Just, 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 just no stop. I think they just needed to do a better job with the foundation of it. It's just they mm. needed to build up that foundation. But in this episode, I'm excited to see, you know, where we go. I think we're going to get, like, a teenage Sarah, I'm guessing, because we see Sarah's dad oh, yeah. with a bit more hair. Hair, and it's black. Yeah, Quinn yeah. Lance. 
Yeah, so yeah, that'll yeah. that'll be a little that'll be nice. We see someone has a baby. I'm kind of I, I missed out on who was a baby. They mm-hmm. I saw the name the name Rory somewhere. Somebody said Rory, so I'm wondering if it's Baby Heatwave. Yeah, but we do see we see a kid Rory because he's the one watching the, the, the house burn. house burn. Yeah, I would assume is yeah. what I'm guessing. He just lit that house on fire and right. he's watching yeah. his like that house stands burn to reason. Down. So that's you know he gets uh, Pilgrim gets a gun pointed at him and I think is going to get saved. But it looks it looks really good. It looks yeah. like it might be. I think we're in for, if they keep going with the episode like today, I think we're going to have a really solid end of the season coming up here. Yeah, I thought that the storytelling tonight felt so much more organic and natural and not contrived, especially compared to the last handful of episodes that we saw. And we we are still learning in natural ways, ways appropriate to the situation and the circumstance that these characters find themselves in, little new bits about them. Like, we found out tonight for the first time, I think the first time, about the fact that Martin Stein had basically an outlaw father himself. Mm. Right. Which I thought was a really interesting, which gives him right, and Snart was, like, something good at poker specific. Playing, yeah. right? Gives him and Snart something very specific in common. Yeah, yeah and hopefully they explore that with them having that in common, because sometimes they'll throw away a line like that and then never bring it up again. Yeah, and even the two of them talking over the mm. poker table, like Snart and Stein, was, that was a that was a nice little like duo yeah. talking, and it felt really it felt really strong. So, I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. I feel like we're ending a little quick, but anything else we missed? I was wondering if, like, because I know that the older Kendra, you know, who we call Cinnamon, Cinnamon. you know, said that it's all about like these men other than Carter. Is uh-huh. there a loophole if it's Sarah? Like, you know, she said men. So, you know, I was curious. I got the sense that... And that's what she said. Kendra Kendra probably just doesn't swing that way. So it's probably just been other... Maybe there's a version of her. Though there was that moment when the two of them were out on the trail on horseback where, where Kendra had that line where she said... You're doing something weird with your face. No. You're smiling. Mm. I was like, all right, well. All right. That would be maybe a better romance to that, explore. I, yeah. You know, I have said multiple times that I'm not much of a shipper. I, if, if Kendra and Sarah got together and Jonah Hex came back full time and started uh-huh. a relationship with Rip, I would, <laughs> I would absolutely ship both of those. Oh, I think please. that would be a great show. If there's anyone that likes to draw slash oh. fiction, please send the Jonah Hex Rip <laughs> embracing and kissing Tumblr. Photo that I'm sure is now going to be out there. <laughs> Just send it my way. Tweet it at, at Mr. Dave Child. I would love to see that, please. Not for my own benefit, oh, no. but just to know it exists out there. So, anything else? Anything we're missing? I I'm wondering okay. what historical no. figure they're going to name next. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's be funny. Wouldn't it be funny if they just start going with pop culture since they're going back to their younger selves, like, maybe like a Kim Kardashian or something. Right. Like, just something terrible. We'll it's name like, our boy it, we'll Kanye laugh. after you. Yeah. What? They walk into the not yeah. in Kim's house. Yeah. Not in Kim's room. <laughs> from the O.J. Simpson uh, yeah. show that's going on right now. Alright. <laughs> on that note, where can everyone find you guys? Let's just go right to it. Well, uh, again, you can find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N since there is only one Lucretia Lion on the internet. And I am Lex Michael all over social media at the Lex Michael. Uh, Frank is not here, but you can find him on Twitter at Happy, Happy Go, Go Jackie. Jackie. 
We always remember that because it's not his name. But you can find me at Mr. Dave Child on Twitter and all the other places. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. We're going to be back next week with Frank, probably. Frank, yeah. probably. And maybe someone else? Frank may be hiding in one of the fragmentations in the time stream. Yeah, we'll find him. We'll find him. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I feel I. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.